This is Free Talk Live, your program, your phones, your freedom. 800-259-9231 is the way to get in touch with us at Free Talk Live, listening out on the airwaves or on the web at freetalklive.com. Ian and Mark are not here tonight. I bet you I bet you'd really like to know who this is. This is Gardner and Julia. And we're here filling in for those two esteemed gentlemen who are out promoting the radio program at a very very big radio gathering and uh, it's very nice to know that they're out there trying to push not only this radio show that they do so well but the concepts of freedom and that's why we're here filling in for them and we'd love for you to join us 800-259-9231 is how you get in touch with us it's the saturday edition of free talk live we've got lots to discuss julia it's good to have you here my friend oh yes always a blast i'm gardner goldsmith and uh, julia and i get to fill in with the uh, uh, occasionally with each other with uh, Ian and Mark's uh, blessing, and I, I really appreciate it. She has a few odds and ends she would like to discuss. I have a few odds and ends I would like to discuss, and all of them pertain to freedom in some way, and we would like to get your input. So call us at 800-259-9231. Julia, I have a few things I want to get into. Last night, sitting in with Dale, we talked a little bit about the moved by the federal government to back down from trying to take by eminent domain very large portions of land in Pennsylvania to build a memorial to those people who fought for their freedom on Flight 93 and died. You know, so what better way than to use coercion and force to take someone's land to build a national monument in honor of the Flight 93 people. seems about right up their alley. It's perfect for America. It's just right. You're in the land of the free. Wink, wink. Yeah, They ought to call it the land of the free. Wink, wink. It would be perfect. Um, So we talked a a little bit about that, and we got into a very large conversation about gay marriage, because this week in the state of New Hampshire, uh, the state legislature passed, and the governor of New Hampshire signed into law a bill that he touted as giving the rights and privileges and responsibilities of heterosexual couples to homosexual couples as it should be, giving them the rights. You know, because of everyone knows that rights are not inherent in human beings. They're given to them by the government that the people create. That's really create. nice of them. Isn't that sweet? I just thought that just was wonderful. give us a few rights yeah, here and there. Yeah, and, and it was interesting because I heard a, a really fascinating conversation uh, by, a, uh, by a talk radio host in Boston who was saying that um, he was in a conversation with a guy about rights. And the guy said, well, you know, rights are inherent based on the uh, traditional philosophy, John Locke moving through the uh, 17th century into the 18th century when the founding fathers, you know, had the revolution. And, you know, we know they made plenty of mistakes in establishing the constitutional government that they did because it had lots of holes in it that allowed for government to grow. And a document like that, any government is is going to continue to grow. It just is the nature of government and the people that get involved. It doesn't matter if you have a piece of paper that's designed to try to stop it or not. It will grow and it will usurp people's liberties so he was telling this radio host out of boston well you know it's uh people have innate rights and supposedly you form the government to protect those rights and so on and so forth and this guy said well no no, 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 no. now hold on there hold on there boy hold on there you're saying you're treading very thin ice there boy and uh if you're saying that then you're saying that even foreigners could be they could be free to enjoy the the rights that Americans enjoy under the Constitution. See, that, that pisses me off <laughs> so much. What kind of nonsense? I, you I gotta was wonder stunned. what kind of a 
person really legitimately feels that way, that like somehow because you were born on this plot of land that you're better than everyone else in the world. I'm sorry, but no. Yeah, absolutely right. And of course, today, today is the anniversary of D-Day. So continual people are talking about how they fought for freedom. They fought for this and they fought for that. There's so many fallacies that are out there that need to be addressed. And I think the further you get away from some of these issues, the more difficult it is to really sort of peel away the layers of the onion. You know, So, for example, with this story about the gay marriage thing, it becomes almost impossible to get through the idea of the, the fact that marriage is not – government-licensed marriage is not something that has anything to do with rights. It is a government control issue. It is the issuance of a license and special privileges to heterosexual people regarding visitation in hospitals and insurance and things like that that homosexuals now want because the government is giving it to the heterosexuals and they want equal treatment. Equal treatment is different than equal protection under the law. Equal treatment is we want the same stuff that they're getting from the government. Please, what's going on? Yeah, I don't want any from the government. Exactly, it. exactly. And the governor of New Hampshire had the audacity to get out there and say, and I fought very hard to make sure there would be religious protections put in here so that if you have a religious difference in your house of worship, you wouldn't have to institute a homosexual marriage. Of course, to him, religious freedoms don't extend beyond the church house door. So if you own a business and you happen to have, you know, religious ideas that don't conform to what I believe, you know, whatever, and you happen to think that homosexual marriage is a bad thing, then all of a sudden you're out of luck because you're going to have to give the same insurance policies and all the same coverage to heterosexuals as homosexuals. Now, some people can say, God, that's that's discriminatory. That's not right. People should be treated the same. I said, you know what? I don't think it's right to do that, but I don't run that business. I don't I don't own that guy's property. I'm not him. He will suffer or benefit from his decisions based on the people he wants to employ. If he can get really good employees by being restrictive and being kind of a jerk, go ahead, let him do it, whatever. I don't care. It's his deal, you but know, he won't. I think a lot of people don't realize how important reputation really is exactly i mean like i work in the restaurant business for example and there are restaurants in Keene where i mean word gets around and and people say look this guy is a really nasty guy to work for and i would never go get a job there because of all the nasty things i've heard and you know there are so many fallacies inherent in this one is that the owners of the means of production have all control over anything they want to do they can can, they can tell anybody out there in the workforce you're going to do this well, guess what? You can't tell them that they're going to do that because people won't work for them. A lot of people, the, the, the owners of the means of production have to compete to get good employees, too. That's why they offer certain salaries for certain types of jobs. That's why they offer certain benefits for certain kinds of jobs because they want the good employees to come to them. Right. And it turns out in a competitive marketplace, rather than having the government tell you, you will hire this person and that person and that person, you can't discriminate, which is what they started in 1964 by turning private property into de facto public property in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, even black economists like Walter Williams or sociologist economists like uh, Thomas Sowell say things like, hey, you know what? It's their private property. Let them open their hotel to whomever they want. If they don't want to open it to a black guy or a Hispanic guy or or an Asian guy and they're going to have empty beds, that's their tough luck. They'll suffer because of it. Societal standards and, and pressures are far more effective at getting people to behave properly um, as opposed to government laws. Everybody 
chooses to obey whatever laws they feel like and what they don't yeah. feel like based on their moral principles. Absolutely right. And and to say that it has something to, something to do with rights, when you get the government forcing people to have to do what they want them to do, is amazing to me. It's just, it's truly stunning. And I think people have got to wake up and recognize that the idea of rights now has nothing to do with the original concept of rights, which was you have a right to be left alone by me. I have a right to be left alone by you. We run our lives. We run the fruits of our labor. And having a third party impose himself on how we're going to do it puts the very thing that we need to sustain ourselves at risk because we can't make the decisions about it anymore. Where does it stop? I mean, in Nazi Germany, it stopped when uh, essentially when the allies got into got into German territory and freed some of the camps. That's what happened. Yeah. This on, the, of course, the anniversary of D-Day, which, uh, by the way, they're now, instead of calling it Omaha Beach, they're calling it Obama Beach. Oh, isn't that quaint? Okay, in fact, let's get to the calls right away. Let's uh, go to Scott, who's in Massachusetts, listening to us on uh, 1290, I believe. He wants to talk to us about the 65th anniversary of D-Day. Scott, welcome to the program. You're on Free Talk Live. Yes, good evening, Julian, Miss, and Gardner. Hi. Uh, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, sir? Good. Uh, today is, is the 65th anniversary of D-Day. And uh, Germany, as everyone knows, we defeated Nazi Germany, but they were the wrong enemy. Uh, we had business to ally ourselves with Nazi Germany to defeat Soviet Russia in the war and crush uh, the evils of Jewish Bolshevism. Oh, wow. You know, Scott, we had such a great conversation yesterday. Thank you for your input. We'll talk a little bit about your, your interesting views on the, uh, the Jewish Bolshevism and uh, a little bit more when we return. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. It is the Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. We'll return. This is Free Talk Live, your show, your freedoms, your phone, your airwaves. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's how you reach me, Gardner, and... Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark tonight on this Saturday, so really good to have you here, everybody, as we broadcast from the Live Free or Die State, New Hampshire, the state where so many people are coming because of the Free State Project, and man, am I glad you're here, Julia. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Ian and Mark are away uh, tr- promoting the program a little bit more, uh, trying to get on more stations at a big radio conference. And if you would like to help them, if you like the program and you like the sorts of things they get to discuss here, the wide-ranging topics and the insight of both Ian and Mark and many of their guests and callers who call in, then think about getting over to freetalklive.com. Check out the AMP program. The AMP program allows them to promote the show and go on these junkets where they can go out and Try to talk to radio station programming directors and managers and show them what the show is really like. And hopefully we're going to be doing them good honor as we're here. Right? I think I think we can handle I it. I think we'll handle it. Okay. 800-259-9231 is how you get in touch with us. We've got a lot of people who want to talk, and hopefully we're going to be going to the AMP line and checking it out. Uh, the AMP only line. If you become an amper, you get the special access to the AMP only line. So we'll see if we have someone here. Uh, Free Talk Live, let's see if we're, you're on. Are you on the air? I hope so. Yeah, hi. This is Matt from Illinois. Hey, how you doing, Matt? We spoke to you yesterday almost at the beginning of the show. Thank you very much for calling back. Good to talk to you. Yes, yes, and I kind of wanted to um, answer Scott. Um, 
Oh the, yes, the, the, the Jewish bigot. From yes, right. let's so, give a let's give a little uh, rewind in case people are just joining us. They come and go so quickly. Scott called in yesterday, and he just happened to grace our presence through, of course, the Jewish created uh, phone system. Uh, he seems to say think that there is a giant Jewish conspiracy or something that has brought about all of the ills in the world. And on this day, D Day, he says that you know we were allied with the Russians to try to destroy the Aryan Nazis, but really we sh- we should the, I should say the United States government was allied uh, along with uh, the Brits and so on. And uh, he sh- said that we should have been allied with the Germans to destroy the Jewish communists. And of course. We can go back a little further than Marx to talk about where collectivism came from, but I want—I'll—I'll I'll reserve that comment. You go ahead and have at our friend Scott. Well, I think he's a, a just a little confused, perhaps. Um, I have maybe my own little conspiracy theory that, that perhaps he's—he's he's doing it on purpose because he's part of his own plot, hmm. but. It, it seems to me that it doesn't matter whether a person, a, a human individual, uh, practices any any religion, whether he's Christian or Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist or anything. People want to lump certain characteristics of other people and, and lump those people into collectives and then say that that whole collective is bad. And that's wrong. That's putting certain aspects of human nature into uh, an eggshell that it shouldn't be in. Everybody is an individual, and people, 99.9% of the people in this world are good people who want to do good things, and they just want to live their lives and get along with other people. Yeah, boy, you say it really well. And to shoulder that and to, to say that, the Jewish people, in general, are um, responsible for any kind of evils, whether it be controlling the financial system or whatever, mm-hmm. is just wrong. Yeah. And I believe that uh, people in government, that people who want power, want other people to believe in this sort of way because it makes them easier to control. Mm -hmm. I think people like Scott are very easy for uh, um, people who want power over others to manipulate. That's an excellent observation. They can get him to believe things that he shouldn't believe in. Yeah. And if he has a problem with the Israeli government, perhaps, um, perhaps he has a problem with the Israeli government keeping down the Palestinian people, then he should then he should address that directly. Yeah, it, you know, scapegoating allows people to look away from the real problem, which is government. Government right. is the mechanism of force that it doesn't matter what group gets involved, you know, uh, it's uh, it just happens to be that group that takes over the government. And when you had Rousseau's ideas taking over France, Rousseau wasn't Jewish. You know, uh, but Rousseau led to Marx. Marx led to Lenin and Stalin and all the others over there. Uh, Marx led, helped lead to Castro, who strangely is not Jewish. 
uh, you know, all this oppression that comes around, are you going to avoid that and say, oh, well, they're not part of the Jewish conspiracy, so I guess it's not that they're not evil. It is the mechanism of government and the scapegoating allows you to uh, have tunnel vision and try to pinpoint certain characteristics of certain people who happen to be in power at the time. The problem is to look at the machinery. It doesn't matter whether someone is of this ethnic stripe or this ethnic stripe. It doesn't make a difference. It's the machine that's been created. You'll have different people in there through different centuries, and it's not a conspiracy. It's just the tendency of two forces. One is force and coercion, and the other is freedom and leaving one's neighbor alone. Any other thoughts, man? Right, and what what uh, the observation that I you you made you made the point that that government is the problem, I believe. Yeah. And the other point I believe is that. Uh, when you have somebody like Scott get on a program like this and spout off, it makes it sound like people who want freedom and liberty, or this is what I believe they might be trying to do. This is where my conspiracy theory comes in. Mm-hmm. They might be trying to make it sound like people who believe in liberty uh, and individualism are bigoted. Yeah, well, that's terrible. That is definitely not, not true. Anything but. I think that people who believe in collectivism and uh, collectivist points of view, they're the biggest ones. And, and, of course, those people who believe in collectivism, once you get that scapegoating going, uh, what's, the, what's the easiest way to hurt people? It's not by individually going out and trying to knock people out. It's by getting in power to control the police force, the justice system, the Army, the Navy, and the Marines to take people out. You know, if Hitler had been just uh, part of a wandering gang of thugs he wouldn't have been responsible for the extermination of so many people. But he took control of the German government and was able to extract property from people, whether they liked it or not, and he had the legitimacy of government law behind him. We see the same things happening here. Ruby Ridge. Hey, Randy Weaver was a white supremacist, but you know what? He wasn't harming anybody. He had some weird ideas, but that's just the way it was. The people at, uh, at Waco, Texas, they've never been able to prove that there was anything bad going on there. The only thing they had uh, David Koresh on was a charge of s- sawing off a shotgun a quarter inch smaller than what the law allowed, and the law itself was illegitimate. All those people were wiped out. Now, if you had some people who didn't like David Koresh's religion and they weren't part of the government, they would have had a heck of a hard, lot harder time causing problems for those 76 people who be- perished in a fiery death, thanks to Janet Reno, and, of course, thanks to the government. It's the same sort of thing with Hitler. Hey, listen, I really appreciate the fact that you called in, Matt, and, and uh, feel free to call in any time. appreciate it very much. Thanks for the call. All right. Good night. You got it. We've got some more coming to you. It's Saturday night. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's how you reach us at Free Talk Live. Allakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Allakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alekees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. This is Free Talk Live. 
It's your show. You control the airwaves. You control the conversation by using the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 is how you get in touch with us on this Saturday night. I'm Gardner Goldsmith. And Julia. And we're here filling in for Ian and Mark. Ian and Mark are out taking care of business at a radio conference, and they will be back on Monday night. Looking forward to that. And hopefully you're looking forward to a good conversation on a Saturday night. The big, big night for everybody at Free Talk Live. You want to talk freedom, you want to talk anything, just give us a call. We'll have a blast. And you know what? There's something very cool coming up that is going to be a blast, isn't there, Julia? That's right. All uh, right. Porkfest. Yes. Want liberty in your lifetime? Don't miss the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, June 25th through 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join hundreds of liberty-loving people for a weekend of freedom and fun. Register today at porkfest.com. That's porkfest with a C dot com. Porkfest with a C dot com. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. It's going to be great. Jason Osborne of SACL CAI is pulling the stops once again. Just awesome people, and I can't wait to get up there with all the free staters. It's going to be awesome. All right, let's get to the phones and the fun. 800-259-9231 is how you get in touch with us all around the country and online. Let's go to Florida. WFLA, Reed is on the line, wants to talk to us a little bit about energy. Hi, Reed, and welcome to the program. Thanks for calling Free Talk Live. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, Good to talk with you, too. I need to um, preface something to... You can, you can probably help me come up with the question. Let me give you my contention, and then let's see how we can come up with the right question to get the right answer, okay? Sure. Okay, I drive an old Ford pickup truck. On a good day, I get about 12 miles to a gallon. Now, being old, paid for, et cetera, et cetera, I know very well that there's no pickup truck out there that's going to give me enough gas mileage to justify the cost of a new truck in terms of energy savings. Yeah. Okay. What I really want to know, and this would take somebody with engineering training, manufacturing background, even to start coming up with a solution. I also contend that it just might be that the energy cost and so-called greenhouse effects of manufacturing a new car that yeah. with my 12 miles to a gallon being burned They can never make anything nearly energy efficient enough because you're going to have to consider, okay, does the the, the power to to, uh, run the factories is not coming from nuclear power. It's coming from coal or natural gas. So you get my drift. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting you should bring this up, Reed, because – uh, you know, I, I write a lot about economics I'm over at uh, my website is libertyconspiracy.com. And, and, you know, we often have commentary in there, or audio podcasts that have to do with the the unintended consequences of of someone else making a decision about how you want to efficiently spend your money. And the free market tends to be the greatest mover for conservation that you can possibly have because everything you use costs money. So when they make these decisions to tell the auto manufacturers, you will make design changes according to our dictates. You will make cars that will look like this, that will run like this, and so on and so forth, that will be this size or have this safety structure or whatever it might be, uh, that will not emit carbon dioxide now because everybody is so spooked out about this, this bogus carbon dioxide influence of global warming, which is absolutely false. Um, you get the unintended consequences of higher costs that are not part of consumer calculations. So what you're doing there is you're desiring, you're, you're a consumer, and you're trying to think, okay, 
uh, how much is it going to cost to do all these new designs? These are all things that the auto manufacturers are going to have to consider now. Last year, they imposed, during the Bush administration, they imposed new cafe standards on the fleet of cars. They just redid it, and it's going to amp up over the next few years. It's amazing to think that after they did that, they then gave stimulus money to the auto manufacturers. And I remember congressmen, different politicians in Washington saying, well, this stimulus package will help offset the extra costs we're imposing on the auto manufacturers to make the cars we want them to make. I mean, it's oh, just, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to an inquiring mind, doesn't it? It's insane. It's, absol- it's, like, it's, no, like, it's absolutely nuts. But, yeah. it, you know, and, and I, I'd appreciate that information because I didn't, I didn't have that. I appreciate you telling me. Yeah. But I would like somebody who is uh, – I really don't even know how to, how to postulate, I guess, is, is the word. Yeah. How to even go about coming up with how many energy units of whatever – does it take to manufacture the car according to these standards, new standards according to old standards, yep. versus the energy units? I mean, there's got to be. I guess it would all boil down to uh, not 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 calories because that's people, but whatever the energy unit is for uh, BTUs, I guess it is. How many BTUs does it take to manufacture the new car? That's right. Well, I can tell you one thing, just going on gut instinct and not being an engineer, but that would be a fascinating article to read in Car and Driver or the Freeman Magazine or over at the Mises Institute website or some free market website like Independent yeah, Institute. And I don't, I, don't, I, don't think they can, I don't think that it's possible to justify the, even the uh, even if you buy into their energy concerns, okay, which yeah. I I do and I don't, but mm-hmm. primarily I don't because of uh, the, the 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 lies obscure the truth. Yeah. you know they've they've got they've got they've got some they've got some legitimate arguments, but you know th- this is not a Bobby Knight basketball game <laughs> we're playing here, where you got to go to the extreme. Yeah, right. Come back to somewhere in the middle. They're playing to win at all costs, even if they're coming up with lies hey. to try and get you to move you to move the middle. Well, you know, Reed, you said something perfect because uh, I think it was a year and a half ago or a year ago, Al Gore actually got caught saying that it's it serves a purpose to broaden one's statements to go beyond what is true so that you can scare people to come onto your side. He actually said that. He literally oh, well, said it was no, okay. I, this is this is the first little bit of, of intellectual integrity I've heard out of him in a long time. Yeah, I know. And, well, and, and I just wanted to mention a couple of things to you, Reed. Um, and, you know, this idea that it would be very interesting to see an article and so on about this. One thing we can go on, which has definitely been shown over and over again, the most inefficient systems that are out there that do not respond to consumer demand, and consumer demand is partly based on the use of your resources – and the government has no care about what sort of resources it uses, is our government projects. For example, if we were to have all computers being made by the government, what would you see? You'd see worse choice and higher prices. You'd see less efficient use of those resources because they have no uh, no feedback loop of the price mechanism. They have no profit and loss incentives. So now the government is imposing. And, there, and, there, and there's one other thing. And there's yeah. one other thing. The government has no accountability. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what you got is if you can if you can take that and put it on your template of wondering how much more it will cost to make these sorts of cars. And some people said, oh, it will cost the consumer another fourteen hundred dollars per car. And Barack Barack Obama says, well, sweetie, I can tell you, you're going to be making that up over the course of the, the length of the car, the history of the car. 
baby, haunted pie, haunted bunch. And maybe they will make it up according to the length of the car. But that should be have, for the consumer no, to decide. No anyway. See, have, yeah, they have no, they have no standards anyway. Yeah, and 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 besides that, Rita, you know, this is a very interesting topic. Besides that, it, can you imagine? What the what the people at the time of World War II, since we're talking about uh, D-Day, my dad was born in 1917. He was out in the Pacific, and every time he saw these sorts of regulations being imposed by the federal government, he's like, what is going on? Does anybody even read the Constitution anymore? Patently, patently unconstitutional. Just disastrously no, unconstitutional. And, and did, you, did you notice that about 30 or 40 years ago, civics classes disappeared? Yeah. You want to wonder why? Yeah, 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 boy, read. I mean, this is this is this is uh, this is such a long term. Um, you know, it's not. I, I even hate to use the word conspiracy, but you know, back to the cars. Yeah, we don't deserve new cars. We don't need new cars. Yep. It's we want new cars to put our fat butts in for whatever <laughs> reasons that are not really of any benefit to anybody. It's all it's all smoke and mirrors. Absolutely. And I, don't, I, I just I, I just don't know how. But let, let me let me let me give a um, let me somebody, somebody said something on a website. I'd like to quote Margaret Thatcher. All right. Okay. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher said, "Socialism is a wonderful thing, comma, until you run out of money." Great, great call. You fit it in perfect timing, Reed. Thank you for the call from Florida. In fact, uh, I was just looking. I found a story that I posted over at the Liberty Conspiracy about NASA. They have a new report. Of all things, NASA has a report that defies the typical government agenda on global warming. And uh, perhaps we'll get into that information when we come back on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the Saturday night edition, and aren't you glad you're here? 800-259-9231 is how you reach us. 800-259-9231. I'm Gard. And I'm Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark, who are currently coming back from a big radio conference with all the other bigwigs where they pulled some really cool things to promote Free Talk Live. Remember the website, freetalklive.com. If you go over there, you'll be able to see so much, including the very, very cool wiki, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, which... You know, if you're a guy, that's reason enough. Okay, guys? But it also backs freedom. Lots of great stuff over at the website, and you can support it by becoming an amper. And when you become an amper, you help Ian and Mark go to these radio extravaganzas and tell people about this great show. So thank you very much, Ian and Mark, letting us fill in. Let's get right back to the phones and the fun. But before we do, I just want to mention, Julia, this uh, piece of information. We were talking about uh, energy with our friend from Florida, Reed. And um, NASA, it reports, uh, this comes from DailyTech.com, NASA study acknowledges solar cycle, not man, responsible for past Global warming, Arthur, as Tom Brokaw would say in his big Discovery Network special, is about global warming. <laughs> <laughs> I can never understand him. Uh, you part of the greatest generation, Arthur? I don't know. Well, it says this. Some researchers believe that the solar cycle influences global climate changes. Gee, we've only been saying that for years. Anybody seen the book by Fred Singer called Unstoppable Global Warming Every 1,500 Years? Da Well, I, I just, to me, if you... Take any look at climate, it 
constantly changes and it goes through cycles. And to somehow suggest that humans have something to do with this is ridiculous. so ludicrous. Penn and Teller actually did a great episode on the global warming. Yes. And I wish I could remember the exact numbers. I might be able to look it up here in a minute. But they... They took a look at the use of carbon that's put out into the the atmosphere or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um. And human beings are like one percent. Admit like one percent or less, or some ridiculously small number. Yeah. Of the carbon into the atmosphere, and what does the most damage is trees and plants. And so humans really have such a small effect on that. It, it just irritates me when people Isn't say. It- and, and then you've got this – I don't know whether I should be more upset as a person who appreciates good science or more upset as a person who appreciates leaving my neighbor alone. Uh, I mentioned just before the break that uh, last year the Supreme Court ruled that carbon dioxide can now be regulated as a pollutant. Previously, it was only like certain types of soot and certain, certain types of things that aren't naturally found in the atmosphere – uh, that was going to be regulated. That itself also bogus if you look at the Constitution and, and people want to be, you know, holding the politicians to their actual oaths to, you know, serve in this government that was created by the Constitution. I happen to think the Constitution is not a document that protects my freedoms and probably uh, either wasn't designed to or it shows that it just doesn't stop the tendency of government to grow on the thirst of politicians to get power. But um, the Supreme Court ruled last year, and of course, you know, great scientists that the Supreme Court members are, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, and all of them, uh, that yes, oh yes, it can be it can be controlled by the EPA. It can be regulated. So now we're going to get even greater regulations, expensive regulations, and these are all things that cost money. These are all things that people could be using in other ways. And also, if you're talking about harm being dealt to a person, I've mentioned this before, in order to be able to go to a court and sue someone, you have to be able to show damages. Tort law specifies that in order, and it goes, it just goes way back to like British common law, in order to have a tortious claim against someone, you have to be able to show damages. So the judge says, uh, were you harmed? Were you not harmed? Okay, yeah, we can have a trial. Okay, that's in the government court system. And we'll talk about private courts another time because those were, would work much better. Now, in the government court system, that's the way it's always been. Now you get the government, which can't be a party because government is not a person. And they're claiming damages even before anybody claims any damages. Nobody has said, I've been harmed by your putting carbon dioxide out in the atmosphere and I'm going to take you to court. Because it would be and, absurd yeah, to be even thrown if they out. did say that, there'd be no way to prove that. Exactly. And that's the problem. You, they're, they're doing this. It, there's, this is all so bogus. All of this stuff. And, of course, Al Gore is going to make billions of dollars off it. GE is going to make tons of money with their crappy fluorescent, compact fluorescent light bulbs. There are so many special interests that are involved in getting the government to do this. We don't have a free market anymore. We have mercantilism. This is the thing that Adam Smith warned against in 1776 when he published The Wealth of Nations. It's too bad some of the politicians haven't read it. Or maybe they have. I always wonder that, like how many of the politicians out there, how many of them really believe what they say yeah. and do, oh, yeah. and how many of them are just cynical Absolutely. It's, it's amazing. It's, there's even more in this, in this NASA study. I'm, I'm shocked. And in fact, where I found it, it was on someone's Twitter page. Uh, Ms. Liberty, I think, had it on Twitter. Or it might have been Shelley Roche from uh, Break the Matrix. And she said, somebody's going to get fired. 
which I thought was great. Well, let's get back into the subject. Uh, we're going to move down the line real quick and talk to uh, David, who's calling in from uh, Montana. Moving to Montana soon. We're going to talk to David about global warming. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you for calling. Howdy, uh, this global warming is being pushed to institute a new monetary system, a whole new economic system, a new control system to circumvent government. And it goes along with insurance, the drug war, the war on terror. These are all new ways to rule over us without our consent. If you can get people scared, if you've got a crisis, what was it? Both Hillary Clinton and Rahm Emanuel, I believe, both said over the past six to eight months, and I have, well, I used to have the audio on my computer before it crashed. Uh, they said, never waste a good crisis. Right. That's sick. Also, it is, yeah. also the new Jew is the cigarette smoker. <laughs> they're, they're, what, what's on D-Day, if you're not against what's happening to the people that choose to use tobacco, you're anti-American, anti-freedom, and anti-Christ, I and, think. Be- and because, you know what, David, let's because talk... Because these are the bad people. They're making our insurance bills well, there you, higher. It's, Cedar, it's an absolutely... Using their greed to, 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 to impose... But see, see what now? What does that tell you? What does that tell you, David? About it shows that my government is unethical. You don't take yeah. advantage of people that are addicted to. But in addition, in addition, well, then they'll then they'll get after the cigarette companies for making you addicted. Like you actually had no choice to pick up a well, cigarette no, no. and decide to that, smoke. That's that, that's using that 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 that's uh, like. What's a straw? It's it's an absolute. Without- it's an absolute straw dog argument, and it removes the idea of individual initiative, uh, that you, you are your own mover, and you're an adult, and you make decisions for yourself. But, you know, the other thing about this, David, and I'm glad you called. We get to talk on Mondays often when I, when I fill in for Ian, uh, sit in with Ian and Mark. And uh, I think it's fascinating, David, because there are so many things mixed into that. You've got the idea that we all pay for your mistakes. Hence, we're even seeing some governments trying to move in to regulate fatty foods. And, and they right. want to have a sugar tax on sodas now because, well, we all pay. That's, how, that's partially how Barack Obama wants to pay for his health care plan. It makes us all part of one giant amorphous mass, and we're not individuals with our own choice. Uh, F. Paul Wilson, the great, great horror science fiction medical thriller writer, F. Paul Wilson, and his website is called repairmanjack.com, wrote a story in like the early 70s called Lipid Lagan, instead of bootlegging, about people who were actually trafficking black market fats, butter, cream, and things like that right. because there was a government health care system. You see these sorts of restrictions going on all the time, and yet the group mentality excuses this type of fascism and socialism to say, well, it's for your own good. So hence, we can prevent people who own restaurants from even allowing smokers to come in. We can prevent rock clubs from allowing people to smoke. Okay, why? Because, well, you see, we all pay for the mistakes of the smokers, and the employees have no choice but to work there, which is bogus as well. It's absolute Marxism. Think about this. How about this one, David? See what you think. What would happen if they said, well, the music's too loud in rock clubs, so we're going to put restrictions on how loud you can make things because we all pay for hearing loss in the end. Well, I think we should all get a bill for every time we open up a car door (laughs) because every time you step into that car, you could die. You are the man. Hey, listen, thank you. And I think we should have taxes on shoes and then we should have shoe inspectors come into your house every day and inspect 
the number of shoes that you got that, that you claim. You know, you, you know, reminded that, me. That's where it's going to. I, you know, I just, I don't know. Did you? I don't know if you ever read this, Julia. Uh, David, you reminded me a couple years ago. Uh, I heard about that they were going to try to impose some soda tax in New York or something, and and somebody was saying that they wanted to impose the tax on corn syrup, which is amazing because we already pay more for sodas in the United I States because of the that. tariffs against Cuban sugar, so that they can help out ADM, the corn sweetener yeah, people, because they love it. Actually, pisses me corn off because it's like poisonous, man. They put mercury in there. They use it to it. it that's a whole another conspiracy thing. Well, man, I think therapy. I think we ought to impose a tax on sofas. That I wrote about that in free, uh, Live Free or Die. David, thank you so much for the call from Montana. It's Free Talk Live. We'll talk a little bit more about this, 800-259-9231, and we'll get into a little more on global warming and energy concerns, plus the cost of driver's education and a terrible story about a dead body sitting for weeks in a New York street as tickets were placed on it. SwissAmerica.com reports Friday gold prices tumbled over 2% as upbeat jobs data boosted the dollar amid a mixed close on Wall Street. Gold closed in New York down $25.80 to 9.5460. Silver fell 61 cents to 15.27. Commodities still seem to be in a super cycle that was only temporarily interrupted by the global economic malaise. As inflation money finds its way into commodities, it's still not too late to purchase, reports iStockAnalyst.com. Friend, this is Pat Boone for Swiss America. Let Swiss America help you get gold for safety, peace of mind, and growth without spending a dime. It's time to get inspired. Take the first step today. Ask for their free golden retirement kit at $30 value. Thanks, Pat. Call toll-free 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. This is Free Talk Live, your program, your freedoms, your ability to communicate live at 800-259-9231. It's your show. You can direct the conversation however you want on this Saturday night program. I'm Gard. And I'm Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark, who are away tonight. And you are our partners on this uh, lovely dance for three hours, hopefully, uh, every night. And if you're not getting it for three hours every night, contact the local station that does carry it. And Say, hey, you know, I really like this show. I like the type of stuff they discuss here. And I'm really glad that I'm here with Julia. I love working with Julia. She's really great. And it's great to know that uh, Julia and so many other freedom-oriented people are here at our base of operations in New Hampshire. And we hope more freedom-oriented people will come here or fight for freedom wherever they might be. Well, we've got a lot to discuss, obviously, Julia. We have a couple stories that are coming up that are very, I think, uh, striking, showing just what government really is all about, which is extracting money from people and pushing them around and, and having one group of people control what they want life to be like and other people can't. And um, It really pins people, like groups of people, against a, yeah, each other. Absolutely. It's, it, it's a constant source of predation. And, and it, yeah, you can't get all the choices. You know, I, I brought up an example one time real quickly. I said, you know... Um, in a magazine shop or you go to Borders, you'll see hundreds of different types of magazines. They're not attacking each other for space. They're trying to appeal to the people who buy the magazines. And the more they can appeal to the people to buy the magazines, the more space the Borders people will allow. They're not fighting. They're not clubbing each other over the head. They're not saying, this is my patch of Borders. You can't have it. But when you have a government park... 
you have anything like that, you get people fighting over how it's going to be used. And only the people who are in the majority wins. And then suddenly, that means that's community-minded. Right it's absolute bogus. It's solely, solely evil. Uh, last night we were discussing this. Dale and I were chatting a little bit, and I said, you know, I believe that government allows people to do the very evil things that they, they would never think that they would do to someone face-to-face. You would never walk up to someone with a gun and say, give me your dough, I want to pave this section of stuff out here to make it easier to drive. I want to give money to these old people to help them buy medicine. Give me, give me your money. I'm gonna, or, or I'll blow you away. Right. Or I'll it take your house. It doesn't matter what you're using the money for. Exactly. If you go to your neighbors and point a gun at them and demand that they give you money so that you can save your sick grandma, that doesn't make it right. Right. So what government does is it allows people to be indirectly evil, more evil than they would normally it's be. It's nice too because you there's no no weight on your shoulders at yeah. all because you didn't do it. Absolutely, absolutely, and that goes for people, even people who think that they're fighting for small government. It is based on predation. You can't get around it. 800-259-9231 is the way to reach us after we've given you this uh, quick preface for hour number two of Free Talk Live. We want to continue with the phones and the fun. And so let's get to Michael, who's in New York, wants to talk to us about the energy conversation we were having last hour. Michael, welcome to Free Talk Live. Hi, thanks. Enjoying the show. You guys are excellent, excellent conversation. Um, first, let me just say with uh, generating money, instead of taxing this for everything. We ought to uh, have all the congressmen and senators uh, pay us a tax every time they lie. Boy, that would generate a lot of money fast. Wouldn't that be great? Hey, uh, you've probably heard about the uh, the Read the Bills movement by the po- folks yes. at Downsize DC. Isn't that a great idea? I just, I just, I love that idea. At least working within, if you if you're stuck working in the sphere that they've created in 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 Washington, at least make it as uncomfortable as possible for those jokers. Make them read the bills out loud on the floor. That would be great. It would be uh, astonishing for them to understand whatever it is they're considering to vote yay or nay on, wouldn't it? When it especially when it affects the future of our country. Absolutely. And 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 how about this? You know, we're talking about energy. How about all those people? I had a conversation once on my radio show, and you know, Michael, I was talking with a guy who was from, I think it was like Greenpeace or something like that, and he was in favor of these higher cafe standards, right? It was about a year ago. So I said, I said, listen, you guys are a big organization. You've got plenty of money. Why do you want to force the auto manufacturers to make cars the way you want them? Why don't you just start your own car company and compete and do it the peaceful way? Don't go up to your neighbor and say, hey, I don't like the way you do your business. You're going to do it the way I tell you to do business. That's not ethical. That's not a good neighbor policy. Just compete and see if you can do it the way you want to do it. You got it. I mean, that's the American way, isn't it? Yeah, and if it, it turns was. out it's... Yeah, it was. <laughs> not a new American. That's right. It's incredible. That's right. And if it turns out that you've got a more efficient product and people like it for various reasons, whether it's comfort or gas mileage or safety or whatever, um, they'll flock to it. That's why there are so many different magazines out there. I can buy a science fiction magazine or a horror magazine or like Cemetery magazine. Dance or a porno magazine. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> and that's a great example. Imagine the government says that they own the airwaves, right? So, for example... Uh, Julia could not say the name of the Penn & Teller TV show because, you know, we can call it BS, but if we were to say the real name, the stations carrying us could be fined about, oh, I don't know, $100,000, 400000 
Because we wow. can't say the real name you know of is? a real show. BS. Exactly. And and I they agree. and they do it, they do it, my friend, because they say that the government has to own the airwaves. I've been working on a book on the history of talk radio, and uh, uh, the, the people who are part of my Liberty Conspiracy donators have been able to see the, the chapters that I've written. And it goes all the way back to the 1920s when um, I believe it was Herbert Hoover was the original secretary of commerce. He was the commerce secretary. And even then... You could have had television five years before it actually came around, but GE lobbied against it. They didn't want the government to allow it because they had investments in lots of radio stations. It retards progress. And the way they get away with this stuff is they say, well, you know, the radio spectrum is a limited quantity. So therefore, since it's limited, we can go from point A to point Z. The government has to own it and run it and divvy it up. And that's ridiculous. Sounds like a lot more BS. Yeah. I, I was on a plane one time and I ran into Ed Markey. And he was coming out just after the Janet Jackson Super Bowl. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Big game incident. And um, and he was going to increase tenfold the fines for indecency. I just happened to get on a flight where he was on the flight, and I was sitting in my seat. He was walking by me, and I said, yeah, you know, I think your bill is awful. And he's like, what bill? And I saw oh, your FCC bill. And he goes, oh, I think it's very important. I said, look. You know, if you're going to use the scarcity argument to run the airwaves and control what people can have on there, completely contrary to the First Amendment, you could use the same argument and say, well, the the number of trees that are usable at any given time in the world is limited. You could, you know, you could potentially cut all the trees down, right? But you're never going to see them regulating paper content. If they did, you know what you'd see in borders? You wouldn't see porn mags. You wouldn't see. You'd see only a certain type of magazine that was politically favored by the politicians. The the lobbyists who get in there, Time Magazine would be there. Maybe a couple others, Sports Illustrated. News the rest Week. of them, yeah, Newsweek. You wouldn't see Liberty Magazine. You wouldn't see the Independent sure. Review. It's it's a New you, American. Yeah, Reason Magazine. None of that stuff. The Free Man. No way. No way. They'd be black market magazines, and they'd have to try That's to. Right. It's it's what the government does is just like Julia said, it forces everybody to fight for that little piece of the pie that they can get from the politicians. It makes and also you have if they control the air, they first say, well, we have to control the air. Now we're seeing them where they say we have to control the water, we have to control the food. You yeah. see where it all, we have to control all the land. And you're you in New York, man. You're in you're in New York. You're at like you know I, I hate to say you know use this. I'll use a different term. I you're at the focal Central. point. Absolutely. I was going to say ground zero, but that wouldn't be really appropriate. But you know it's it's um it's truly remarkable. You know, and in fact, New York was one of the first places where they wanted to say that oh we all pay for the mistakes people make regarding their diets and therefore we're going to tax sodas and all this other nonsense mm-hmm, um, sure it's 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 amazing anyway uh final thoughts on the energy issue though i didn't want to pull you away from well, all that yes. well okay uh, thanks um first the unit to measure uh the amount of uh, energy required to, for work production it's called the joule j-o-u-l-e mm. yeah i remember that from now, physics yeah that's right. Energy energy is such the biggest scam because, yes, you can have competition, as you pointed out, perhaps in publications, but forget it when it comes to energy. The movie Tucker illustrates that perfectly where the big three didn't want to allow any competition, and, um, and they squashed him because he was coming up with a better car, a better product, and it was even cheaper. Oh, man. And so they didn't, they didn't want that, so they squashed it. The movie Tucker's great for that. 
But the, also the big scam is you had Stanley Myers' engine that ran out. Hold water, on, I Michael. We'll bring you back. We've got to go to a break. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your program, your freedoms, your phone, and your number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Guard. And this is Julia. And we're enjoying our freedoms here, uh, naked skydiving. We were watching video of naked skydiving on the break, and it's pretty gross. Oh, yeah, I don't think I want to see that. That's not good. Okay, uh, that wouldn't be allowed pretty soon under the uh, federal regulations over the airways. Uh, we were chatting a little bit about uh, energy, about uh, the government making us all have to prey on the same piece of uh, rotting, stinking carrion that they allow us to have in various uh, regards, whether it's uh, radio uh, or television, that sort of thing, and it restricts your choices, doesn't allow you to say the things that you want to say, or when it comes to energy, starts to restrict your choices for cars, for how you get your energy, all these different types of things. And uh, Michael was on the line with us from New York, and I wanted to make sure that we brought Michael back and gave him a full airing. Michael, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Are you there, Michael? Oh, he just yeah. dropped. All right. Thanks, man. Well, then uh, let's continue with this and talk to, uh, yeah, let's talk to Johnny, who's hopefully still on the line in Florida, wants to talk to us about the First Amendment, free speech, things like that. Johnny, welcome to Free Talk Live, and thank you for the call. I appreciate your time. Yeah, hi, guys. Um I've been listening to this show since, uh, like, last November, and you guys are doing a good job hosting it tonight. Oh, thanks. Um, here's what I want to know. Okay, I, I don't want to get into a debate or an argument or nothing like that. I just want to ask you two questions. I'll accept your answer, and I would like to leave you with a comment. Um, my first question is this. Uh, I want to know how big you guys are on protecting people's First Amendment rights. Let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, my father... I'm sorry, my great-grandfather, he fought for Italy in the Second World War under uh, Mussolini. Yeah. And, um, and believe me when I say that the winners of a war get to write the history and that there's two sides to every story. Okay. Now, now one of the things I was told is that, uh, you know, we don't have Holocaust museums for the 30 million white Russians who died in the gulags. We don't have them That's for right. the people that were, that were baked alive at Dresden and so on and yes, so forth. Yes, right, absolutely. Now... Now, right now, in, in uh, 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 Germany, Australia, and Canada, our friends to the north, you can go to prison for denying or wanting to investigate the Holocaust. That's and there are people true. sitting in prison for it right now. Yeah. They're going to bring that to the United States. It's called thought crimes. It's mm -hmm. coming. Mm -hmm. and, and it's something that I can literally, when that law is passed, I can go to jail for. Now, even though I understand you're the, let me say, the host of this show do not agree with my opinion. Now, you guys as the host of this show, even though you may not agree with me, you might think I'm a fool or whatever, do you support my First Amendment right to deny a historical event if I oh, want to? You've got to. You've got to support someone's First Amendment right to uh, to deny something and explore it and be proven wrong. I mean, otherwise it just goes beneath the surface and uh, people people don't have the opportunity to even debate it and refute it. Uh, why not have open discussion about anything? You know, can you imagine if the flat earthers were out there trying to say, or, or the people who thought the uh, the world was round, maybe maybe they were wrong, maybe they were right at the time. But if you don't have open conversation, you can't come to any sort of real conclusion of things. And uh, and it applies to even people who we think their ideas might be deplorable. Absolutely. 
and right, it, it, well, I was going to say, you know what's you know what's fascinating about this though. Um, I was looking at just just one thing as sort of a structural uh, point to bring up. We're in the sort of philosophical conversation here, right, Julia? Um, I just want to mention that structurally, there's something very interesting. If you look at the the First Amendment and the Supreme Court and the federal government. Up until the mid-1800s, the First Amendment was understood to mean what it says, which I don't. I, I wish it didn't say that, uh, but it says that Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the re, or establishing of religion or the journalism or anything like that, right? Right, right? Now, states could infringe on the freedom of speech for years. They had state-sponsored schools in Pennsylvania for religious teachings. They had, they had uh, curfews. They had speech codes and things like that. Now, if you look, if you ever look at Supreme Court rulings on any particular cases or new decisions from the FCC, they always do this thing where they refer to local community standards of decency, which is like throwing a bone to the actual wording of the First Amendment, which says that the localities can come up with their own decisions about it. The Founding Fathers would let them experiment. If you didn't like it, you could go away. You could move someplace else. Now, they use this term, local standards of decency. Whatever is decent, we don't know, because the federal government defines what the local standards of decency will be. It's, it's the most ridiculous, new-agey, Orwellian, you know, newspeak that you could ever come up with. Yeah, we're going to have local standards of decency, and guess who decides? The federal bureaucrats. <laughs> And now, I personally don't want any government to be involved about, with anything that re- revolves uh, speech in any way whatsoever. Julia? I agree with that, though I feel better about a local government than I do about a federal government, because at least they're there. I mean, how can these jackballs in Washington honestly have anything to, to say about what goes on in Alaska or New Hampshire? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, um, and, and if you did want to discuss uh, th- this topic of, of, you know, revisionist history or anything like that, um, I think it is amazing to see what happens in a country where, because of events that happen in the past, you get further tyranny not allowing people to think or express themselves in some way. And that is particularly trouble. It seems like the pendulum goes back the other way. Right. Well, well when they talk about you know putting people in prison in those countries for um, denying the Holocaust, they do it under uh, they're controlling hate. They love to put that word out there, hate, hate, hate. And that, that leads me to my second question that I was going to ask you. We had a um, thing that went on two weekends ago. Um, I celebrate my European heritage. Um, unfortunately, my people, uh, we get lumped into the whole KKK, Nazi skinhead thing. Look, dude, I, um, I'm, a, I'm a hippie at heart and listen to rock and roll and that kind of thing. I, I am not, I'm in no way affiliated with those groups. However, uh, when they put on this thing at this hotel where we were going to celebrate European heritage, um, what I like to call left Marxist communists, they they called in bomb threats, et cetera, et cetera, and it was shut down. Um, However, that same weekend, this is two weekends ago, and this is documented, in Atlanta, Georgia, um, they had, for that whole weekend at a hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, they had what was called a Black Power Conference. Mm -hmm. Now, I have no problem with that. we, we weren't even saying white power, not even white pride. It was a European heritage thing. Um, I feel that, my fir- I, that our First Amendment rights were violated by the left, but, it, it, but see, my question to you is when these things happen 
and 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 I'm standing here on my side, going, "Wait a minute! I, here's here's what I've been told. You know, if you're white, you can't do these things, but if you're black, you are. It just serves my conspiracy." It, it, Put the fire, put the yeah. uh, oil on the fire. Yeah, I understand that. what you're saying, and and you know, uh, obviously, we're, we're I'm not going to ask you know any specifics about your particular okay. position on things, okay. but but this you know the 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 fundamental problem remains, and it, it is difficult uh, because people are less inclined to allow people to be free to say things they would disagree with. Um, and they're much more inclined to allow people to say things they agree with or things they find uh, not reprehensible. And uh, obviously, you know, the coin has two sides. It's it's very difficult. And like we said, as long as it's just a private industry and they say, hey, you know what, we don't want your conference here, that's their choice. They can do whatever they want to. But when government gets involved, then choice is removed. Thank you very much for the call, my friend. Appreciate it. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the way to reach us. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. The SACL CAI toll-free line to reach us is 800-259-9231. It's your show. You control the direction of the conversation, and we go where you want us to go. I am Gard. And I am Julia. And we're filling in for those two very, very cool and sexy guys, Ian and Mark. And I can say that because I've met them, ladies, and they're very cool. Julia knows them, too. I do. Cool, maybe. Mark, sexy? (laughs) (laughs) They did call a man wish. Yeah, that's true. That's true, baby. But that stands for man sandwich. Come on. (laughs) I honestly did not know that manwich was a food product. Oh, yeah. I I didn't know that. I thought that it was a gay reference when I first started listening to the show. Ouch. Hurt me. Sorry, Mark. Well, we did open talking about gay marriage. Uh, I, I I just wish that I could play Gay Bar by the Electric Six. I love that song. Gonna take you to a gay bar and let, let's start a war. Start a nuclear war. Isn't that... I'm doing it pretty well, aren't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, anyway, okay. Uh, let's get right to the phones and the fun. 800-259-9231 is the way to reach us. Some of the topics we've been discussing thus far, uh, the anniversary of D-Day, uh, free speech, and the ability of people who might say some foul things to still be able to speak. Uh, energy and government regulations and gay marriage and global harming, as Tom Brokaw would say, global harming. Uh, the AMP line is open, so we're going to go right to it and go to, I believe, Michigan and talk to Todd. Todd, are you there? Yes, I am, my friend Gerd. What's up, buddy? I am doing okay, and uh, nothing much is up other than uh, my receding hairline. What can we do for you, brother? <laughs> Hey, Julia. Nice to hear from you, too. Hello. Uh, you know, uh, I, I wanted to let you know, Gerd, I, uh, before I get into my subject here, mm-hmm. I sent you an email, man, to uh, appear on my show, and I, I guess you were busy or oh. or you were – yeah, I did. I got to try know, to get I, on I, top of that. Yeah, and I, I, yeah. I don't know when it happened, but, you know, my stupid hard drive crashed, and, you know, I lost oh, all my porn, okay. and, you know, so – Oh, you're forgiven. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, um <laughs> – I want to get to – actually, I found the uh, article from the Wall Street Journal. It's very troubling. Yeah. It's actually not the automakers. I thought it was at first, but it turns out it was Citigroup. Oh, yes. Now, the FDIC, 
Yes. The FDIC is pushing this purge at Citigroup, and you're going to find this interesting. The FDIC chairman, Sheila Baer, who oh. is an Obama appointee, mm. you know, uh, she basically says, well, basically she's saying that, well, she she pressed, you know, a fellow uh, bureaucrat to lower the government's uh, ranking of cities' uh, financial health mm-hmm. that would result in more control over the company mm-hmm. more tightly. Yeah, and, and we know that Barney Frank is pushing for uh, not just control over businesses that have been bailed out by the federal government over how much they can uh, pay their, their employees and things like that, but over all businesses, they want to be able to impose essentially what Roosevelt tried to do, uh, wage and price controls, which is just not right. only incredibly unethical. Well, com- City, well, mm-hmm. Right, Citigroup is the first step. I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely the first step. And, and, pe- and people have got to stand up and say, what the heck are you doing? They should be grabbing their metaphorical pitchforks, showing up at the airports when these people arrive, going into their offices and saying, hey, excuse me, could you cite for me the passage of the Constitution that is an enumerated power that gives you this power? Excuse me, uh, what does this do to private business? Excuse me, right, who the hell exactly. do you think you are? You know? Right, and, and I know. And uh, according to a quote here from the WSJ, it says here from the Office of the Controller of the Currency and the Federal Reserve, Ned Kelly, who happens to be, you know, the uh, Citigroup's chief financial officer, the FDIC is, quote unquote, our tertiary. Tertiary regulator. Oh yeah, yeah. They want, they want, and that's exactly where they want to go. They want the FDIC. They, you know, I'm, I'm worried that they're just going to do this through an executive order to, to allow. I mean, those are patently unconstitutional as well. Executive Obama, orders. Obama's aching to do this. I mean, he's yeah. itching to do this mm-hmm. at any time. Yeah, yeah. They're I gonna, mean, they're gonna try as much as possible. And, and it's incredible to think too that at the same time they're doing that, they're pushing this ridiculous credit card holders' bill of rights. Right. I know. And and again, you I see, know. that gets us into this conversation of rights, which we'll push to just a second from now. But I know. this is not only unconstitutional, but these are the very yep. same companies. They're accusing these companies of gouging their employees yep. by raising rates. Hey, guess what? If these companies are raising rates on credit cards that is somehow in contravention to the original contracts, they can be sued for right. fraud. There's already a whole slew of ridiculous stuff that they could go through for that. They're obviously not breaching the contracts. But but the populist sentiment out there is such that they want to look at this as a crisis, and we're going to save it and help people. So what do they do? They interfere in private contract and say, right. we're going to tell you the rates that you can charge, which is going to do what? It's going to, uh, going to affect the availability of credit for many people because the companies aren't going to be able to operate the way they're supposed to. And if you and left the FDIC them- is helping you know, finance this, um, this approximate $300 billion law-sharing agreement uh, they have with uh, cities. Well, that's exactly it. The amazing thing is that the very companies that they're pushing around in this credit card bill of rights are the companies they're bailing out with our tax money. Yeah. It's like, what are you you doing? Right. Even if they do push more regulation on city and and, and groups like these, those regulations are not going to are, are going to pale in comparison to right. the kind of regulations for startups that could you want to compete with Citibank. I mean, you know, it's bad enough they're doing that with Citigroup, but it's really terrible if you want to start up, say, a financial firm 
that want to compete with, say, Visa or MasterCard or, right. or American Express or Discover. I mean, those regulations are even terrible for startups, and startups can't afford to abide by every you know piece of provision. I mean, they don't just don't have the time. No, no, I mean, they don't. They, they don't. And, 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 and you know, and, Todd, and, well, go ahead. One, one final point. Go ahead, man. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing is you and I both know that bureaucrats love paperwork. They love filling out those paperwork forms. I don't know what, why, but they have this, this thing where they just love to control. They just want to, you know, put these um, companies under their thumb so that they can, you know, boss around these, the, the, these firms and say, you know what, we're going, to, we're going to tell you what to do, but when it comes to, you know, looking at their balance sheets and you wonder exactly how are they doing, guess what? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to screw um, everybody else over. Mm-hmm. So they're going to push this, and companies are not going to be able to compete. They're not going to be able to uh, afford to compete. They may have to go to another country. Uh, maybe another territory to but, start up a business. But I tell you, man, if, if they go to other countries and they don't disassociate from the United States, they're going to be nailed with taxes now, the way Obama's yeah. going after them. Listen, exactly. Todd, we got to fly, but just a, I love the fire in your voice, man. And uh, one final thing that I, I do want to mention is that uh, when they go through with this sort of uh, manipulation uh, of the credit card companies, uh, whatever whatever they're doing, uh, this is the sort of thing that nobody should stand for. I'm glad you brought it up. Right. And um, they're going to be pushing for this expansion of power any way they possibly can. Todd, thank you for the call, man. It's great to talk no to you. Problem, man. I'll definitely try to yep. respond to you in email. Thanks, man. 800-259-9231 is how you get in touch with us. And let's go back to the phone lines. A lot of people have been holding on for quite a while, Julia, so we'll get right to it. Uh, let's go to uh, Bodie, who's been waiting very patiently. Bodie, thank you for waiting, calling in from NH, I believe. Bodie, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you? Hey, Julian Gard. Hey, what's up? Uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the cost of driver's ed right now in New Hampshire. and uh, I don't know if you guys know, but... Uh, a couple of my friends have already taken it, and it's six hundred and fifty dollars for driver's ed. Wow! Wow! Oh man! And, and that's that's not you know they're not they're not teaching you, they're just helping you pass the test. Hey, you know what? I think it's time we introduce a little uh, story. Did you hear about this uh, story out of New York? Uh, this all is tied in with the government running the roads, and you have to get licensed to be able to drive. You have to get a license plate for your car. You've got to register it, and supposedly it's all for your protection. You know, uh, hold on the line. I want to bring you back, Bodie. I want to talk about this frustration, uh, the types of costs and where this money could be going in your imagination. Then we'll talk about the story out of New York, a dead body in a van for weeks. And all the police do is keep putting tickets on it. We'll return. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your program, your freedoms, and the Siegel CAI toll-free number, 800-259-9231 on the Saturday version of Free Talk Live. And I'm Guard, filling in for Ian. And I'm Julia. Filling in for Mark. And uh, here we are screaming as the commercials are going out there. And we're having a great time on Saturday, and uh, we want you to be part of it. You can control the course of the program by calling 800-259-9231. 
conversations about freedom, your liberties, anything you want. Just get in touch with us. Hey, by the way, are you facing debt problems? With DebtCrisisSolutions.com programs, there are no more payments to creditors. DebtCrisisSolutions.com guarantees to protect your bank account, wages, and property from lawsuits. If you're facing a debt crisis, you need to be able to keep your money or take care of your family. Call 718-615-0123. That's 718-615-0123. Or online on that weird interweb box thing. Go to DebtCrisisSolutions.com. 800-259-9231 is how you reach us. Let's go back to the phones and the fun and return to Bodie, who was talking to us from New Hampshire. Bodie, thank you very much for holding. I appreciate it. Yep, sure. So, continue with your very insightful thoughts, my friend. You were talking about driver's education and the expense, 600-something dollars to get your driver's ed classes? Yeah, um, and that's that's if you're under 18. But, you know, if you don't take it, your, uh, your insurance costs go up. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely right. Now, now, if we were in a private system, I was uh, talking to my girlfriend, Courtney, about this tonight because we are trying to get over here from a, you know, another part of the state of New Hampshire. And I said, you know, one of the reasons I want to have a privatized road system is because if we have a private road system, we're not going to be thrown into the lowest common denominator pool of crappy drivers holding everybody else up who could be good drivers. I want a road where I, a good driver, can travel quickly use my peripheral vision and get to where i want to go this retards my life now government had, roads slow down everything they really just right. waste time if you think about all of the times that you need to stop how slow ridiculously ridiculous. slow some of the speed limits are if you only if think you about that, that time stuff, up it yeah. really is just wasteful and and to be able to draw and, it into what we're talking about a little bit about his subject what 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 gets me about it, Julia is you're you're on these roads and you think okay if we had a private system i could be on that private road you know and what would be the the cost basis of it would be to run the road and for the insurance to run the road and they would want to make sure that you were insured or you'd sign up with the company and so on. So a lot of the insurance costs would be out there, but they wouldn't be like this. They wouldn't be these sorts of things that you just sort of encounter because of government. You'd have much lower insurance costs because you could pick or choose the type of highway you wanted. Now, Bodie, you're taking your, your driver's ed exam, and you say that this costs you so much to take, and they're not really giving you anything for well, this exam. I'm, I'm actually not taking it yet because okay. uh, I don't have the money because, uh, you know, the economy's in the tubes, but I've I've been driving with my dad for uh, the last couple of months, and he's a great driver. I've been watching him since I was little, so yeah, I pretty much I pretty much already know what to do. And what what I'd really like, uh, especially, and this would probably uh, be an option if the roads were private, is that you could just take a test, and they would see that you're proficient, and you can just drive instead of spending all this money on on you know. Great point. Having them make you pass the test, it's just, it's ludicrous. Yeah. When I took my driver's ed test in Florida, I am being totally dead serious when I say this. I drove around the parking lot one time. I did not ever get above third gear. I had to stop at a stop sign. I had to do a three-way turn, and I had to park between some cones. It took five minutes, and the bureaucrat was so fat, I had to buckle her seatbelt for her. Mm. Like really? This is this is what? Yeah, you're certified to drive now. 
What? Yeah, that's a great point. The drivers People test. You're out care. there for five minutes. They make you parallel park. I, I did a lot they tougher don't stuff even make with you my do dad. That anymore. Yeah, that's probably not. Uh, Bodie, it is frustrating. You look at these expenses and so on, and it would be a lot better. I like your idea. Just prove you can do it. And if you can't prove you can't do it, you're not going to be on those roadways. In, in, in a private privatized system. But, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, we hear you guys talking about this privatized system, but, hey, wait a minute, you guys. If we had privatized roads, I mean, how would the roads ever get built? How, you'd have to have my private favorite, companies. My favorite example of this is Disney World. Yes, Anyone indeed. who's ever driven on Disney awesome. World's roads, they're awesome yep the signs are bright and colorful they're not like chipping away and nasty looking they're easy to follow and and you do not have to go to disney world to drive on their roads because the business that they get the money that they make from disney world allows them to build these roads and they hope that you're going to come and spend money in their business so anyone can drive on it. It's, it's amazing. Awesome. It's such a great example. I'm so glad you brought it up, Julia. It's such a perfect example of what privatization does. And what I think is really interesting is people say, well, okay, well, but that's that's because of a theme park. What about just from town to town or from building to building over a course of a number of miles? If you look at books like uh, How Capitalism Saved America by Tom DiLorenzo, I, I actually quoted in Live Free or Die in my book. And I think it's interesting because there are tons of historical examples. There were more private roads being built in the 1800s by private companies than there were government roads by thousands of miles. But, of course, over the, over time, the companies that were building those roads found, hmm, you know, if we get hooked in with these government guys, we can get the contract to build the roads, and then we don't have to try to pay the people. We can just get the land taken through eminent domain. We just make cozy friends with the government and use force. Hey, that's okay, rather than compete. And then, of course, it just gradually snowballs. So, Bodie, what do you think you're going to do? You think you'll drive without it, or you think you're going to have to conform because you don't want to risk not being able to get your license? You know, I'm not sure. I, uh, I'm trying to get a job right now. Um, yeah. So, if I can end up getting a job and get enough money saved up, then I'll, I'll probably go for it. Um, yeah, well, God forbid you're not old enough to be able to work. Oh, yeah. That's not right. Oh, by the way, here's another little example. There's a series of restaurants around here called the Common Man Restaurants in New Hampshire. The guy who runs it, Alex Roy, is one of the greatest entrepreneurs this state has ever seen in New Hampshire. He started up a really cool program for high school kids in his Common Man restaurant in Plymouth, New Hampshire, where they would run the breakfast nook. They would buy the food. They would set their hours. They would set their wages, all these different types of things. And they would promote it. They did all these things so they could learn how a business runs. Guess what? The state shut him down and was going to fine him because the kids were working more hours than the state allowed. You know, that pissed me off. I got a job the day I turned 14, like yeah. a real legal job. Yeah. And I was only allowed to work like 10 hours a week, one day a week. And I wanted to work more. And Getting that job and having that job taught me more about real life and responsibility and interacting with people than school ever could. It's amazing. All those consequences, not only, Bodhi, you could be out and you could be working, earning money, doing something, a service that somebody wanted. And you could be doing it for maybe less, but they'd be getting something and they'd be saving money. You could be mowing lawns. Instead, they got to take somebody who's older and they have to compete to try to get somebody to do these skills. All these things... They're great weights on society's ability to be able to function and get even more out of its it's effort. It's a real isn't it? shame, too. I mean, I work in management, and I don't like hiring 
teenagers, I don't like hiring people who haven't had a job before because of several reasons, but the main one being I'm required to pay them $8 an hour and or seven fifty, and they're not worth it. Yeah, it's amazing. Bodie, any, any final thoughts, brother? Nope, that's it. Hey, man, thank you so much. Good luck, and, and you know, if worse comes to worse, just you know, get a Flintstone mobile and use your feet, man, okay? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 on Free Talk Live, the Saturday night edition. We're going to go straight to, let's see, uh, let's talk to George. George is on the line, and, man, he's been waiting for quite a while. George, where are you calling from? D.C., guard. It's me, T.S.A. George. Oh, hey, how you doing, George? Uh, it's been a while, man. Yeah, about an hour and a half ago, because I wanted to chime in on that thing about the um, global warming and stuff, and that guy was talking about how, how his truck, how he can't get better gas mileage. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Before before we start, repeat after me. We have to both do it like Tom Brokaw. Say, Okay? Yes! Awesome! You are Brokaw, man! Excellent. All right, so let's discuss the global hurry, George. Anyway, um, yeah, it's like, well, what they could have done is, like, could still do is, like, build trucks based on, like, for example, the Chevy Volt, where you just have a electric motor, which has tons of torque, which is what tor- um, trucks need anyway. Yeah. It's tons of torque, and then just have, like, a diesel generator run off of that, and you'll get tons more miles per ga- gallon. But, I mean, but... There's no reason, I mean, the real reason just to get it like that is not really to save the environment, but to save your, um, your money, and because gas is going back yes. up again, like, it's retarded. Oh, and another thing I wanted to call about, you know, before you guys throw me off the line. All right, is, well, um, hold on to that other thing, and we will bring you back, and in fact, you've inspired a great thought that uh, I've read about, about how the market is this great pusher to help you save money and help save the environment. We'll return with George from D.C. and you. The number is 800-259-9231 on Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the third and final hour on the Saturday edition. I'm Gardner and... I'm Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark. 800-259-9231 is the way to get in touch with us as you take over the airwaves and steer the program in any direction you so desire. It's your phone, it's your freedom, and we're here at your disposal. Ian and Mark are away. They'll be back on Monday. And I'm very pleased to be here with uh, the mighty Julia. She's very cool. Sort of like the Mighty Quinn, but, you know, it's in real Different. life. Yeah. Dip, sort of, but, yeah. So, but not really. Yeah. Sort of. Greatest generation, Gardner. Okay. 800-259. I'm in a Tom Brokaw mood today. Yeah. And, and if you can't do a Tom Brokaw impression, then clearly you're not part of the greatest generation, Gardner. That's what it is. But let's get back to the phones. You know, we had a conversation going on with George from Washington, D.C. He's talking to us a little bit about uh, some of the things he's been seeing on the regulatory front. And we were also talking to uh, Bodie about the automobiles and the driving exams and how better, how much better it would be if we had government out of the way of the roads. George is still on with us from Washington. George, go ahead. and wanted to let you sort of uh, in- include more of your thoughts on the program. 
Well, yeah. I mean, well, when I had to take my driving test, uh, I had to drive up a couple miles, actually. So I guess it varies from state to state just how comprehensive it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it it does vary state to state. The, the uh, point I was trying to make is that it has nothing to do with safety. Yeah. Because yeah, you really exactly. don't have to. I mean, I could have taught my brother, right. you know, to to do the to pass the driving test in the parking lot five minutes after the office closed. It it's not hard. I just I was just trying to point out that these people don't give a crap whether or not you can no. drive or not. Have you ever seen some of the people on the road? And to give oh, you, yeah, uh, especially over here. Yeah. I mean, you got people just it's like uh, how do I put it, man? Some people make right hand turns from the left hand lane and vice versa. Yeah. You know, some people going down uh Wrong way down one way streets, especially in D.C. Little good God. Well, and to give you an example, George, of of just what an extortion racket the government ownership of the roadways is, and how historically uh, it was not government that started to build all the roads and so on. Uh, once again, I'll mention that great book by Tom DiLorenzo, How Capitalism Saved America. And then we'll get back into your energy thing because I'd like to talk a little bit about another great writer named Burton Folsom, who has done some uh, great work about how markets and capitalism are the great saviors of resources and we'll tell you about that in just a minute but here's a great story and i want to keep you on the line while we talk about this julie and i were talking about this before uh, i found this on the drudge report yesterday we didn't get to talk about it on the show yesterday but i want to discuss it now the headline is new york car ticketed repeatedly with dead body inside it comes from the cbs affiliates channel two in new york and it says uh, dateline new york police made a gruesome discovery earlier this week while getting ready to tow a heavily ticketed van a decomposed body in the back seat this is uh john slattery made the report he says it was that of a missing man and now his family wants to know how officers could ticket the vehicle numerous times and never notice like, the dead body inside. You think that when they came up that they would notice there was a ticket on the windshield and yeah. like another one and maybe take a look inside? That's At first blush, that's the Knock first thing the you window? think of. Exactly. And then our free market minds start to think and say... Oh, yeah, they tell us that licensing the car and licensing the driver and registering the car all has something to do with it's for your protection in case something Everything happens. Everything government does is for our protection. Right. So clearly, we all know it's, yeah, it's, complete BS. it's to get money. Yeah, they'll, probably, yeah, they'll probably say that they'll probably have to pay. Exactly. Like yeah, that. they'll probably yeah. They'll still have to pay for the fine. The family will probably have to pay yeah, for the fine just to get the car back. And then you know who would want it back anyway? The poor guy's decomposing body has been in there for weeks. I mean, it's just incredible. It's, I like this story because it just shows the incompetence. It's it's unbelievable. They went over and over and over again. And apparently, the people who take the tickets, well, they're not the ones who actually are supposed to contact the people who are in the highway patrol. I don't even know. It's just so bureaucratic and dumb. But what it tells you is they do this not to be able to contact a family and say, by the way, we've found this car that's sort of sitting here. Is everything okay? No, no, it has nothing to do with your protection. It's a protection racket. That's what it is. If you don't pay, then you'll get in even more trouble and have to pay a larger fine by being brought into court for not having your car registered. Yeah, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. But anyway, before I go, I wanted to tell you how I invest my TSA bosses at the airport and then just um, last Monday, they were trying to come up with some uh, a new procedure where they, te- they were telling us, look, anytime you take away a liquid, you got to go and test it to make sure it's safe oh. to throw in the garbage. And I'm just like with my hand up like, uh, let me see here. If, it's, uh, if we test it to make sure if it's safe to go in the garbage, then why isn't it safe to go on the plane? That's a great point. 
Oh, and, uh, man. And, and, they were, and they were just like, uh, uh, well, it's too early to come up with an answer for that. I show up. I work from 4, 4 to 1 p.m. George, that's, to 1 p.m. oh, man, that's awesome. You know, did they also say, no, no, the emperor does have clothes on. The emperor does wear clothes. <laughs> just about, yeah. And then it's like, and then I was a follow-up question. I was like, and then it's like, if, if it's, it's like, if the passengers see us uh, doing this, then what's to stop them from saying, um, what if, if it's, if it's safe enough to go into the trash can, you know, because I put out that passengers will ask this, and then they'll pretty much see it's like, once they see that we're, it's not really about their safety and about, you know, just compliance, and then they still give me that deer in the headlights look. Wow. Oh, you gotta man. wonder. I mean, have these people never given it any thought? They really just follow any order they get and just take it. They and don't ever this, think about it. This ever? is the caliber well, of none, none of the people on the morning shift at my airport at this point. After I brought those questions up, oh my god! Like you know what? You got a good point there, George. I'm so glad you got to bring that up on the program. And thank you so much for the call, man. Feel free to get in touch at any time. Anytime I'm here for sure. And, and you know, over at my website, uh, feel free to reach me at libertyconspiracy at yahoo.com. And thank you so much, George. Appreciate the call. No you got it. Stay safe on the airways, my friend. 800-259-9231 is how you reach us. Just want to mention one thing briefly before we get back to the calls, Julia, which is um, I mentioned um, that there's a guy named Burton Folsom, and Burton Folsom has a great piece, a number of great pieces, uh, the book The Myth of the Robber Barons, and other examples of how capitalism is the great driver that actually first creates resources. You know, something in nature is not a natural resource until man finds a use for it. So when we're talking about conservation of natural resources, capitalism is the thing that drives us to try to conserve natural resources because it's expensive to use these things. The more we can get out of things, the better it is. The less we waste, the better it is, the less expensive it is. If you can find new ways to use what you're wasting, that's awesome. That's amazing. So he gave a great example. He said, look, before the uh, internal combustion engine was was created, and of course everybody knows, as Al Gore said, it was created by Lucifer. Um, many people don't know that. He filed the patent for it. But anyway, uh, before you know, Lucifer filed the patent for the internal combustion engine, they were having all sorts of problems with horse manure in the cities. They had so many horses, they didn't know what to do with the horse crap. And London was being overrun by flies and fleas and rats. It was a health problem. When they invented the internal combustion engine, all of a sudden they were able to get rid of the horse crap and they were able to get rid of the flies. The number of rats dropped, diseases dropped all over the place, and the amount of arable land that was formerly utilized for horses was now going to be utilized for crops that humans could eat. Wow, what kind of weird stuff are you talking about, letting people eat the food? You should let the horse just keep... Uh, don't don't progress. That's what I think is good. <laughs> I hate when people say stuff like don't progress, because I think in most cases what they're really doing is being nostalgic about the way that things were when they grew up. And they're not they're letting not, other people make choices. Right, and they're not exactly even considering, like, okay, so we should never progress. We should still be in caves. What is wrong with you? What are you talking about? Life is exactly. so much better. We have so much more time, so much more opportunity to to get gain wealth, life is ten million times and, better. And I got to tell you, this the same thing. Julia goes to the national park system or any state program here in New Hampshire. They've got this ridiculous thing called the Land and Community Heritage Investment Program. Oh, I feel so nice. Oh, it makes me feel really good. It's a warm bath. It's community. It's heritage. It's investment. 
It's not investment. It's bogus. What it is is they take money from people and they hand it out for the preservation of a stone wall in some town or a barn in some town. Hey, guess what? If people are willing to shell out their own money to preserve something that they like a lot, they certainly are not given the right to tax somebody else to save something if that person wasn't willing to pony up his own money. But they do it all the time. Hey, we've got more to discuss. It's Saturday night. It's Free Talk Live, Talk Live is the program you drive the conversation through 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. LG Grande here, and Julia is here as well. Julia, what is, what is that, my friend? Go ahead. It's, uh, it's still on. This happens every week. I think Mark's playing a prank <laughs> on me. My microphone just fell off again. I just I'm, I'm, We're joking around during the I'm commercials. Try, I'm going to try to fix it. Okay. All right. That's fine. I'm going to pot your mic down because I have, I have control here. I'm on the button. So if anything goes wrong, it's my fault. Uh, filling in for Ian and Mark, who are away, and I hope you're having a great Saturday night. 800-259-9231 is how you get in touch with us. I was just going to be really silly and obnoxious, but already, you know, we already have some craziness in the studio. So, uh, just want to mention a couple things uh, very quickly before we move on to our calls. And we have a lot of folks who really want to get on on a Saturday night. So thanks, guys, for for participating this way. I want to tell you about Audible.com. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Listen whenever and wherever you want, just like the podcasts you might be listening to if you listen to the program Free Talk Live online. Audible has over 60,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to, remember the website, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. And, and, in fact, you can listen in uh, real time as the, uh, uh, actually, listen in, the, in review form as that microphone fell. Julia, good job. <laughs> I fixed it, I think. I swear Mark's playing a prank on me. This happens every week. Yeah, well, actually, it happened to Dale last night. and, uh, <laughs> and But no, it, it happened at a time when... It's scary because I'm not expecting it. It I know. falls in my lap. And you know, it's funny. If you work in radio, I don't know if you've, you've ever had this, but you have nightmares because everything's on the clock and you think, you, oh my God. And it, literally, I've had dreams where, oh my God, I've like, I got two seconds and my shoes are untied and I have to Dude, get there. And, that, you know. I used to... It's funny. I think they have that about every job because when I was a server, we used to call them waitress nightmares yeah and what it would be is like you go and you have two tables and then you go in the kitchen to get your food and your food's not up and you come out and your pants are gone and you have 10 <laughs> tables now and so it's the same idea it's just like a work nightmare this is bizarre man 800-259-9231 is how you get in touch with us and uh it's guard and julia who is uh right over there now with the great mic so julia good job um listen i just want to mention uh, very briefly that I know we've got a lot of callers. I'm going to get to everybody as quickly as we can. Let's go uh, first to let's go to uh, Sarah. I believe Sarah is still on the line. Sarah, if you are there from North Carolina, you're next on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, great to talk to you. How you doing? All right. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I love that accent. That's a cool accent you got going on there. Is that rent to own or is that like yours to keep? That's mine to keep. Oh, it's a good one. Go for it. What do you want to discuss tonight? 
Oh, it just seems like uh, they want to tax everything these days. I think, you know, it's, I think they call it the sin tax, you know. Yeah. You know, um, I'm from North Carolina. I'm uh, taking an extended vacation down in Tallahassee, Florida, so I'm listening to you on WFLA. Oh, great station, Happy. yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about WFLA. It's a it's a real big station, and, and thank you guys for bringing Ian and Mark on as a fan who's just filling in. Thanks, guys. Okay. Um, but anyway, down here in uh, Tallahassee or down here in Florida, they just recently added a dollar pack tax to cigarettes. Hmm. And uh, being from North Carolina, and North Carolina is um, tobacco country, and, uh, and they're, they're killing the... Tobacco farmers. You and, know, um, well, I was, I was just going to say, Sarah. You know, as someone said earlier, the the you you people are like the new minority that can be destroyed and taken advantage of, and all the costs can be smokers? put onto you. I yeah. feel bad for smokers, and I don't even smoke cigarettes. It's unbelievable. Well, you know, I don't have a problem with limiting the age at which you can start smoking. You know, and. And all the stores have the little signs, you know, if you're born on so-and-so date, you know, they, you know, and they card. And that's great, you know, keep, you know, people below 18 from starting smoking, you know, at an early age. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, what are they going to tax next? Fat people? That's what they're shooting well, for. Well, they're they're looking to uh, ban trans fat in a lot of states, so I wouldn't be surprised if they started raising hey, taxes you know, on things like that. You know, yeah, well, yeah. You, you know, they have the height weight chart at the doctor's office. What they're going to start, you know, taxing you by the pound when you go overweight? I mean, hell, they weigh kids and do the BMIs at the schools, whether the parents want it done or not. And of course, those are school purview so the kids right to privacy can be invaded anytime they want it to be you know it's very interesting you know our friend sam uh who sam dawson who's been in jail for two months because he tried to bring a camera into a courtroom i made a point on one of the programs when i was sitting in with ian and mark on a monday night where i said look this whole idea that you have rights that supposedly the government was formed to protect those rights is totally washed away when you look at these these things like kids in schools forcibly taken onto scales whether they like it or not their privacy invaded unless their parents are made aware of it and in many cases they're not um, drug testing for kids in some cases invading their lockers because hey it's school property if you have for example a right to to be able to be a journalist right then Sam should be able to go into a courtroom with a camera and as many people as want to go into that cam- that courtroom with cameras should be able to go in they all have rights and supposedly the government was formed to protect those rights what gets very interesting is when you realize that this whole facade of government being there to protect your rights is not you cannot allow that to coexist if you're going to have a workable government you can't have everybody exercising their rights uh, on a public park because it will get overrun. You can't have everybody exercising their rights on the streets. You can't have everybody exercising the supposed rights that are protected by the U.S. Constitution in the courtroom because they'd have potentially too many people and it would be unworkable. So government is false. It's a huge lie because it tells you it's going to protect your rights, but then if it's going to work, it has to curtail your rights. The two cannot coexist. 
Well, you don't even know the, the half of it. Um, in North Carolina, back, well, they don't have it anymore, but they used to have the uh, tobacco allotment. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, what's that? Okay, well, you know, um, you used to could grow tobacco, you know, however much land you had. You could grow tobacco all you wanted to years <laughs> and years and years ago. Yeah. Well, then they started the tobacco allotment to reduce how much tobacco could be grown. And what they did was basically they paid you a certain amount if you 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 had a you had a certain amount of tobacco that you could grow on your land, mm-hmm. depending on your acreage of how much you uh, you owned. Yeah. They paid you a, they paid you an allotment, and it was based on how much acreage you owned. I see. So did it matter the amount that you were actually growing or not? On the acreage? Uh, well, you could grow you could grow a certain amount on your acreage, and you were paid a certain amount of money based on your acreage. Okay. Okay. It's, right? It sounds like the old Soviet system. We're just up against the clock, but uh, uh, I'm, fr- I'm afraid we're going to have to go. We'll have to uh, continue, this, continue this conversation at a different time. Sound okay, buddy? Uh, well... Hold on the line. Hold on the line. We'll bring you back. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You control the airwaves, you control the conversation by employing the SACL CAI toll-free line 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. This is Guard. And this is Julia. And talking about SACL CAI, I think I want to take the opportunity to uh, take a hat off to those folks. SACL CAI is a company you've probably heard about if you listen to Free Talk Live or you go to freetalklive.com. Check out the podcasts that are available. Check out everything that's available at freetalklive.com. But if you're a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL, S-A-K-A-L-C-A-I, does collections. They do early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. What does it all mean? SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers, and they treat them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL, C-A-I.com. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Get in touch with them. SACL, C-A-I. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. And uh, compliments out to those guys. I want to go back to the phones very briefly and talk to our friend Sarah, who is talking to us from, let's see, uh, North Carolina. Sarah, you're back on Free Talk Live. Didn't want to hang up on you. What's up, girl? Uh, okay, um, I'll finish it up real quick for you. But not the um, current governor of North Carolina, but the previous governor of North Carolina, decided that he needed to balance the budget. Mm-hmm. And so instead of doing it by cutting things uh, that needed to be cut or, you know, um, the proper way, mm-hmm. decided to, um, to just take the uh, tobacco allotment instead of paying the tobacco allotment 
to the people that own acreage to, to plant tobacco, and he took the money and he used it to balance the budget. And the reason that I know this for a fact is because my mother owns land in North Carolina and receives a tobacco allotment every year except for that year. And she did not receive her tobacco allotments, which she used every year to pay her taxes. It's a, it's a big money game from predators. Sarah, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. And it's good to get that information. By the way, in South Carolina, just for those people who are in that area, South Carolina Supreme Court just ordered the governor, Mark Sanford, on Thursday they ordered him to request $700 million in federal stimulus money. You know, that completely patently unconstitutional graft that's going to be sent out so that the various governors can look good. This guy didn't want to take the money, and yet the legislature said, you've got to do it. Now the South Carolina Supreme Court says, oh, yeah, you've got to do it. I don't know. Maybe they haven't heard of the concept of federalism, but anyway, that's just an aside. Let's get back to the phones. 800-259-9231. And Tim has been waiting on the line patiently. Tim, you're in Florida. Tim dropped. Okay, let's move on. Instead of uh, Tim, let's go to Lloyd in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Lloyd. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, what can we do for you tonight, Lloyd? Fine. How are you doing? Uh, I'm just, uh, Julia, she's from uh, Florida, I understand. What's that? Your uh, cohort there, she's from Florida too, huh? I yes. am. Yeah, I'm from Tampa Bay area. I live in North Florida now. All right. What do you so, want to sound off about tonight, Lloyd? All right, I'm 68 years old, mm-hmm. and I want to talk just a couple little things. The driver's license deal, when I got my first license, I was 14 years old. And all I had to do was take a written test and a driving test. We didn't have seat belts. We didn't have turn signals on cars back then. No air conditions, none of that kind of stuff. That was unheard of. And... Uh, it was nothing to it, you know, but that's the way it was. If you could drive a car and you could uh, go what the driver test was about five miles, and I come back and passed everything with flying colors and got my first driver's license right there in Tampa. Well, let me ask you this, Lloyd. Do you think that the laws today are too restrictive, and could we pull you over to our side to recognize that as long as you've got government, the laws are always going to become too restrictive, and there's a more ethical way to go about it, which is don't have the government involved with the roads? I, I like agree it. with that. Good I man. I don't like the government involved in anything. You know, whenever I drive and I, I'm driving around town and there's potholes all over the place and construction takes months and months and months and there's just no incentive for them to go fast or be efficient in any way and they pay cops way too much money to do what a uh, you know a worker could do for $7 an hour or whatever. Um I just think to myself, haven't roads been being made this way forever and ever? And if roads were privatized, could, I mean, think about the potential that's there to make a better road. Is asphalt necessarily the best way to go? I don't know. I don't know much about road construction, but I I feel like there would just be so much more incentive to experiment and and to improve there if governments weren't in charge of the road. Oh, absolutely Who knows what we could have? Oh, absolutely. Uh, The the government's involved in too much. Most of the time, the money that they collect for road taxes off 18 wheels every year is just astronomical. Yeah, you think about uh, it. They're they're putting many truckers out of business. What's that? I drove truck for years, and I know. I used to pay $2,850 in road tax every year on my trailer alone. It's crazy. The tractor was just unreal. 
You know, a I lot of I don't even believe know, they'd have the audacity to tell you that you owe them that much money. Like they just don't care. They have no shame at all. Like, all right, that'll you know, be $6,000, please. Like it's nothing. They're, they're, uh, the government is nothing but a bunch of cheaters. Yeah. That's all they are. They're 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 crooks hiding behind a cloak. And they can't do anything on their own to make money. So they get in there and they try to stay in there and they try that they like that power binge. You yeah. got a president now is crazy. And they try to cloak themselves in that community-minded spirit. Lloyd, thank you so much for the call, and I hope things are going well down there in Florida. A man who speaks from experience, and it's it's not just knee-jerk reactionist uh, sort of anger that we feel towards government. We're looking at all the opportunities that have been lost, Julia. Well, things that's what that... I think. If you think about how long government has been around, think about the unlimited amount of potential that we've lost as far as production is concerned. And... Uh, it's, you I never mean, know. You, you, never, you, you, could you hear never science know. fiction writers like uh, L. Neal Smith or Janiel Shulman or F. Paul Wilson, you know, whoever they might be talking about, you know, they have hypothetical societies where there is no government and there are so many new things. There are, you know, flying cars and all sorts of really right. cool Why things. Why don't we have flying cars already? I feel like if, <laughs> I mean, it's just been been uh, generations and generations and generations of government stifling growth and production, yeah. and it's a real shame. Absolutely. Uh, let's go back to the calls. Your show, it's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231 is how you reach us on this Saturday night. We're going to go to Vince in California. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, what's up, guys? Not much. What can we do for you tonight? I uh, just want to first comment, say that... Uh... The last, I'd say the last week's worth of shows have been probably the most epic that I've heard in the maybe two to three years since I've been listening. All right. And well, it's uh, good to see things are still going strong. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's, it's, things are swelling, and it's great. And Free Talk Live is thriving. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to touch on this whole bureaucrash uh, scenario that's that's been unwinding for the past week. Go for it. Um. So I I uh, deleted my membership on Thursday after Thursday night's show, and uh, I kind of feel like the this whole movement that 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 sort of uh, magnetized to that site is kind of kind of used bureaucrats as sort of this launching pad to something else, and I kind of feel like this group is hanging up in the air right now, ready to land on something, and I'd like to see a discussion pushed forward about where that place is going to be. Well, you and know, I also want to just interject really quick. I love the Brokaw. <laughs> that uh, really nice work. You've been doing a great job. You too, Julia. Thanks. Fantastic work the last uh, two days here. Um, I think uh, Dale must have left a little treat for Gardner uh, overnight because he seemed to have dialed it down just a little bit <laughs> tonight. And uh, kudos to you. I'll take your comments off the air. Oh, Vince, I appreciate the call. I really appreciate you calling in from California, of all places. I appreciate it very much. Um, You know, it's 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 always funny when you you're coming in and filling in. Like I said yesterday, you're on the seat of the pants. You're not sure you want to phrase things right. You want to do things right. Hopefully, we're doing a good job. And um, we will discuss a little bit more of this bureaucrash story. We'll give you the lowdown about bureaucrash if you're just joining us for the first time, finding out about this. It was a, a very, very big draw for many people who are purely in the free market freedom movement, and it's changing. We'll tell you more about that and, and what's going to happen, we think, which could be positive. Come.
This is Free Talk Live, your program. You control the conversation by dialing the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231, the Saturday edition with Gardner Tavroka filling in for Ian and Julia Tavroka filling in for Mark. Good to have you as part of the greatest generation, Julia. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss, so let's get back to the phones. <laughs> you should hear me off the air. I'm in that of my mind. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Uh, someone's been waiting very patiently, and you got to be patient if you're living in Florida. He's Mike. He's on the line with us. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. What can we do for you tonight? Uh, hey, guys. How you doing? What's happening, baby? What's happening? Uh, What's happening? Uh, several callers ago, you were talking to a gentleman that phoned in from Michigan, and um, you were railing against the credit card reform bill. Now, mm. um, I have to disagree with you on that. I, Based on my personal experience, I had a Visa card. I'm not going to mention who the issuer of it was. And I had the card for seven years. I was never late. Uh, sometimes I would carry a balance. Sometimes I would pay it off. It just depended on what the circumstances were at any particular given time. But after about six and a half, seven years of having the card, uh, one month I went on a short vacation for two weeks. The bill had come in. And I plumb forgot about it. It wasn't that I didn't have the money or couldn't pay it. I just threw it in a pile and said, I'll get to it later. Well, I ended up mailing it, and it got there about seven days late. Yeah. Uh, ironically, I'd paid it off. There was like a eight or $900 balance, so I sent in the, the full amount. The following month, I get a bill, and it says there's a $35 late fee that was assessed. And they jacked up my interest from 7.9% to 30.99%, all because I was late once. What did your contract say? Well, it says that if you're late, they can do that. Well, there you go. Your your question's answered. You sign a contract. But it's still still ridiculous because... No, 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 it's not ridiculous. You sign a contract, you failed on your end, they executed their priority and their prerogative on their side. You want Now you want to get a third party to come in because you made, you know, I'm sorry it sounds cold, but you made a mistake, they exercised their prerogative, now you're satisfied that the government is going to come in breaching the Constitution and come in and say, I'm sorry, business, but even though you were upholding your side, it's not, it's not nice and therefore we're going to push you around. Well, it's, it's not that it's not nice, but let me ask you this, okay? If and this this isn't my case, but this probably describes a, a lot of people that are out there. If if you had a job and everything was going fine, and then you lose your job and now you're not able to pay your bills, does it make sense to you to kick someone who's already on the ground? I mean, yeah, if I wasn't able to pay it up until now, what makes you think I'm going to be able to pay it if you well, jack up the punitive fees and the interest you, you rate? bring up a good point, Mike. But think about this. If you had the private companies operating on their own doing this sort of thing, right, and they were making these sorts of mistakes, what would happen? People would end up not being able to pay, right? What would that do to the bottom line of the companies? They'd start being in financial trouble, wouldn't they? So what you've got is, yeah, so with one hand, the government's bailing these guys out because they have people who can't pay, and with the other hand, they're saying, oh, but you know, you better, you better change the way that you're getting money from people. So it's, it's like they've got bipolar problems. You know, yeah, but, but, but no, no, but if you look at this, if you look, uh, if you look at this uh, what they did was, okay, I don't have a problem with it being a contractual agreement, and I don't have a problem with it being punitive. But what they went in and said was, okay, now your interest will be jacked up if you are at least 
I think it's, what, two or three payments uh, behind. I can't remember what it was. So for someone like me that made an honest mistake one time, I'm not going to get penalized. Now, if, like you said, if you're someone that hasn't paid for, well, you know, whatever, whether you're irresponsible or circumstance or whatever the case may be, it gives you some breathing room because now they say by law they can't jack up your rates but, unless you're at least 90 days or 60 but, days or whatever the But, Mike, law what, you're, what you're doing is you're overlooking the very things that I brought up. A, like you said, you signed a contract. You didn't uphold your side of the contract. It was their prerogative. We covered that. B, you're getting a third party in after the fact to strong-arm that person because you don't like the way it goes. And then you're rationalizing afterwards by saying, well, but wouldn't it be better because some people might get in hot water and then they're not able to pay? Well, guess what? Not only is it up to them not to get into hot water, but if they do get into hot water and they're having troubles, this has an educational effect for others not to get into hot water. But when the government comes in and changes the rules of contract between consenting businesses and individuals, first of all, the Pandora's box has been open. They can say anything they want to. Let's say you've loaned some money to somebody and you have an agreement. What if the government were to come in and say, nah, I don't really like the agreement you came up with? Would you like that? I wouldn't like that. Well, yeah. I don't think they're not trying to do what I think they're trying to do. And, and maybe it turned out to be that they went about it the wrong way. I don't think they're trying to make, you know, punish the credit card companies. I think they're just trying to make it more fair for the consumer. Well, what they're trying to do it. usually has unintended consequences. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. It's a populist thing. It's not that they're I, trying to hurt I don't really care the... what they try right. to do. What they do is morally wrong. Yes, yes, but, it's morally all wrong. All I'm saying is mm -hmm. that, you know, I care. Like, and and here's, here's the funny part even. After that happened, I, I, I like I said, I paid off, I paid the thirty five dollars. I closed the account. Several months later, I start getting letters from them. Oh, you're you're a valued customer. Please, you know, it's been pre approved. Take the call. So I, I think what it comes down to is it has to be done in such a way where, and like I said, believe me, I, I don't have a problem with penalizing people. I just think that when you have a person that was a good customer for a good number of years like I was and just made a mistake one time, you shouldn't come down on them and say, okay, well, now we're going to jack the, the interest rate up to this and you're going to pay the $35 late fee. You know, if you have a history of, of chronic late payments, that's one thing. But Well, let me ask you this, Mike. Did you think that when you signed the contract? No, because I, I knew okay. that I was gonna you know that I was gonna use it responsibly and like okay. I said for a good number of years I, I did. Right. Yeah. So so again, you see, if you had thought that when you signed the contract, you wouldn't have signed the contract. And I think pretty much end of conversation with the credit card company. You move on, they move on. You agreed to it, you 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 know, fall, fall, you defaulted on your side. They engage their prerogative. That's the way business works. And you can't have business operate when you keep getting political figures coming in. You, you didn't. You you made a mistake, and and you didn't announce the name of the credit card issuers on the air. But hearing your story, I personally wouldn't get a credit card from there. And I think it's really important to shop around when you get credit cards. And I do think that credit card companies can be pretty obnoxious. Um, but if you think about what they're they're doing, I mean, they're essentially loaning money out to you, which I I don't really think that credit credit cards are necessarily a great thing to own. I I 
would much rather just have the money myself than borrow it from someone essentially and, and pay interest on it. But I mean, really, they're loaning you money. You you sign the contract. I don't. I think it, it's unfortunate, but you, you, buyer beware. You got to be careful when you shop around credit card companies. Mike, thank you very much for the call. We we just up up against the clock. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the way to reach us. Julia had something she has had on her mind, and I'd love to be able to hear a little bit about well, this. Well, we only have like a minute left, so I don't really have time to get into it. But I did find a great story. It's pretty short, and I just wanted to bring it up since we're talking about unintended consequences of all these rules and regulations of government. Um, It's about a homeless man in in California. He sleeps under a bridge, washes in public restrooms, and was panhandling for booze money 11 months ago. But now, Larry Moore is the best-dressed shoeshine man in the city. When he gets up from his cardboard mattress, he puts on a coat and tie. It's a reminder of how he's turned things around. In fact, until last week, it looked like Moore was going to have saved up enough money to rent a room and get off the street for the first time in six years. But then, an official from the Public Works Department told Moore that he has to fork over the money he saved for his first month's rent to purchase a $491 sidewalk vendor permit. (laughs) Now, this is just sad. It's the perfect example of how government just, uh, it keeps poor people poor. It's incredible. Think about how much more wealthy we could all be without all of the taxes we pay, all of the hidden fees we pay, all of the prices that are jacked up from all of the regulations that they put on businesses. People could be getting shoe shines for right. a lot less from this guy, and with a lot more competition from others like him, you'd be getting your shoe shine for nothing, virtually nothing, and you'd have more and money left over to hire more people. this is what the in charge has to say about it. We certainly don't want to hamper anyone's ability to make a living. Our education efforts are actually meant to support that effort by making our streets an enjoyable place to visit. These people are insidious. Yes. And then in, later in the article, there are customers of the shoe shiner who said that they love him. It's the best thing that's happened to the corner of the street. Now they'll be spending more money to get their shoe shine. They'll have less left over and to spend on something else. And this homeless man is still homeless. Hey, Julia. Awesome to work with you. Yes, it's been fun. Yes, this is Guard and And Julia. And tune in Monday, Free Talk Live. We'll come back Monday night at 7 and go to freetalklive.com to get the show archives and much more. Be seeing you. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.